Welcome to another Pint with Shawnee B. Uh, we're coming from New York, and we have a sponsor, of course, for all recordings in New York. Our sponsor is Hangs Tooth and Stitch Bars. They're in Midtown on 37th and 8th in around, run by my good friend Nick. If you come into uh, either of those bars and say um, a pint with Shawnee B or ask for Nick Cohen, and mention my name, you will get a free pint, even though I might not be there to have it with you. Anyway, thank you all for your support on the podcast. Keep the likes, shares, etc. coming, and we might make something of it. Who knows? Uh, my guest today is a good friend of mine all the way from Denver. Uh, she has had a very unique and peripatetic career, um, which has taken her from high finance to restauranting to ski bum, and we're going to hear all about what she's learned. I'm very privileged and pleased to welcome to the podcast today, Mary Spillane. Hi, Shawnee B. And of course, Spill- those of you listening from Ireland will wonder why I didn't say Spillane there, because of course, the I don't know whether you knew this, Mary, but the greatest... Gaelic Irish football player was his name was Pat Spillane, and Spillane is a very sort of Kerry name. But yours, Chuck. yours is from your ex-husband. It is. But true. you're not. It's not you, my name. Well, it's my name, but it wasn't my real name. It's what my, was your real name? It's my stage name. My real name is uh, Foray. Ah, where's that from? Hungarian. Ah, what part where of I get my gypsyism from. Uh, near Budapest. Yeah. yeah, about 45 minutes outside of Budapest is where my and grandparents you, were how, from. How, how did you, your parents end up uh, getting to America? The quick story is my grandfather's brother bought passage to America and yeah. was coming. But then my grandfather spent a little stint in a Russian uh, gulag and his brother felt really sorry for him. So he gave him passage to America my grandfather put an ad in the paper and got my grandmother, who was 16, Elizabeth. They jumped on the boat and came to Ellis Island and landed in 1921. So it was an ad saying, hey, does anyone want to come with me as my, bri- my child's bride? My right. Child does anyone bride. On, yes. Does anyone, <laughs> does anyone want to be my sugar, sugar baby, I guess? It's oh. so crazy. 16. Right. And then my grandfather saw an ad in the paper for a job in South Bend, Indiana, the great state of Indiana, for Studebaker Motors. Mm. So he packed up his now probably 17-year-old wife and his baby and moved to Indiana, which is where my dad was born. And your mother is kind of plummy, is she? Plummy? Yeah, like English plummy. English plummy. Plummy means kind of posh. Oh, plummy. Well, she's dead now, so I don't know. Yes, Mary's mother passed sadly last year, uh, but she seemed to have had a very big impact on Mary's life. Tell me about her. So, my mom was born in Lancashire. Right. She did a little stint at art school in Paris. She worked at uh, as a secretary at Burtonwood Air Base. So that is how she met my dad, who got the hell out of South Bend, Indiana, as soon as he graduated from high school, because he was grew up on the farm, eight kids, Hungarian parents. Uh, I believe my grandfather was a little psychotic, probably based on his little stay in the, the gulag. Yeah. But um, so my dad uh, joined the Air Force. Um, I guess he told me uh, he had a choice, Korea or England, and he said, well, that's a no-brainer, I'm going to England. It's so my mom's last day on the base because she was moving away to Canada with her girlfriends to, you know, experience the world, I suppose. They're having a going away party. She needed a date. My dad was her blind date. And uh, one date, my mom moved. She had a pen friend all through the war, which is pretty interesting. 
ironically, her pen friend was from Goshen, Indiana, uh, which is very close to where my dad grew up. So my mom goes to Canada. She wants to come to Indiana to finally meet this, this woman now that she wrote to all through World War II. And um, she remembered my dad, so we're not sure what happened on the blind date. But uh, she contacted him. He drove to Chicago, picked her up from the train, which she took down from Canada, took her to Goshen, where she stayed with her pen friend. And uh, must have been true love, because literally six weeks later, they got married. And my mom never went back to England or Canada. Uh, talk about the uh, universe conspiring to get those two together. Right? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? I, I made a comment last night about, um, you know, what if I would have done something different with my life and my son looked at me like, uh, well, I wouldn't be here. That would have been weird. You know, so it is funny how, uh, how things line up and you get catapulted out into the universe we 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 had actually uh, this is the first ever do-over of a show. <laughs> uh, we actually had this conversation yesterday and i did the uh, podcasting equivalent of not taking the lens cap off the camera <laughs> and when i got home uh, i had actually just a, an hour's worth of hiss uh, I, didn't, I didn't record so we're doing a do-over today meanwhile have- i was bragging about how wonderful yesterday went and how spontaneous <laughs> the highlight though of yesterday was or the tears for sure. I won't shed any tears today. Yeah, so there this were is a good tears at the end. Re- of this was this will be a good redo. Also, I'm much more composed. So you you were you went to you grew up in what was it like growing South up in Indiana? Indiana. What was it like growing up there? It was weird because it, it was made even more weird by the fact that I had a crazy Hungarian grandmother, a father that spoke Hungarian, a mother with a crazy British accent. So <laughs> we were oftentimes. Do you speak uh, Hungarian? I spoke a little when I was young, right. and uh, my mom wanted to make sure it was a language we never spoke outside of the house. <laughs> it's kind of guttural. It's, it is a very guttural um, name, you know, or language, excuse me. Yeah. My name, uh, my Hungarian name is Marushka, yeah. so it makes me sound very um, exotic. Those think. of you thinking Mary might be a big sort of overweight, hair, hairy uh, weightlifter from Hungary, <laughs> <laughs> like most of the girls. Sorry, apologies to any, any Hungarian listeners, that was very shallow and a low blow. Uh, no, she's Hungarian very, women are actually the most beautiful yeah, women yeah, in the world. Yeah, Every fucking country says that. <laughs> Even the Irish people say that. <laughs> Untrue. Um, yeah. So Mary's a big, tall, uh, blonde-haired. Uh, she looks like a, she looks like an American woman. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, that's a compliment. Thank it's, it's you. I was, I'm trying to um, rolling her eyes. Um, a bit yeah, there. I'm confused. I am an American woman. We'll that's weird. That, we'll cut that whole bit out. Right. Um, okay. So uh, you're in India, and, and your school there. Went to school there. Yep. I ended up... There was up, a funny story about how you ended up going into accountancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and now we can fast forward through all the stupid stuff. I've already edited it in my own mind. Um, so, off I went to southern Indiana, to a place called Indiana University, Bloomington, Indiana. Played soccer. What went, position did you play? Uh, in the back. You know, okay. defense. Look at me. I could take you down for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth pointing out about the soccer thing in America. It's, it's basically a chick sport over here, right? Right. I mean, men in America just do not play soccer. It's basically a chick and a spick sport. I mean, basically Italians and Spanish. And here I go again. <laughs> upsetting a whole other races ethnic, of people. Yeah. But no, right. it's, it's, it's played by immigrants and also by women. And the women, you know, they've won the World Cup lots of times. Right, right. And, and it's funny because I ended up, you know, playing it all the time because I spent my summers in England most times and played with my cousins and in high school it's kind of embarrassing to say it now because it seems so weird we didn't even have a girls team I was on the men's team in my yeah. high school which is did you so bizarre. together 
No, unfortunately, <laughs> that wasn't one of the perks. Um, so, and then off to college, and in, in college, unfortunately, back in the day, because I'm now 51 years old, it was more of a lesbian sport. <laughs> so, there I think it still is. <laughs> yeah, good point. So it wasn't the you know, and I I'm I'm a tomboy. I wear very little makeup. Sean can attest. And uh, I used to get abused because I'd have mascara or, or you know, <laughs> clear nail polish or something on my hands. So, in summary, <laughs> that was the highlight of my soccer. But off I went to register for classes. I was with a girl, um, so this a friend is of college. mine. This, this is college right. now. Now I'm trying to decide my life. But uh, so I go to register and I'm with this gal and we've been invited to this fabulous rugby party and I'd heard about the naked bowling and all the things that they did and I was so excited. So we get into the registration hall and we're looking around the room. It's very overwhelming. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a freshman. I'm, I think I was 19 years. No, I wasn't even 19. I was 18. Right. I'm looking around and my girlfriend says, well, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to be. You know, I, I, how do you know? And so she said, I'm just, I'm just going to go to the undeclared major line. So off she goes and I look and I, um, I see the, all these people that literally go outside and around the block, and I, I'm trying to figure out what line that is. Well, clearly it's the undeclared major line, all the clueless 18-year-olds. <laughs> so off she trots in the line, and as she's going, she said, are you coming with me? And I said, well, and I look around, and I see the accounting line, and yeah. the accountancy line had three people in it. And so I looked at her, and I said, actually, Peg, I'm going to be an accountant. I'll meet you at the rugby party. <laughs> and we split up. And uh, the rest was history. Signed up for accounting. My dad thought I was insane. I based it on the field trip. Well, I, I mean, accountancy for a father is presumably safe enough. And, oh, right. But, like, you just made the decision based on the size of a line. <laughs> and accountants, and like, accountants you, are very serious Did you know what accountancy was? I had had a class in high school, if okay. I should ask, which I got an A in. I, okay. you know, I, got, I always got good grades. Yeah. I, I, I consider myself fairly intelligent. But not only did you go into that class... <laughs> class you came out at the other end an accountant i did make it in and out yes and and actually the kelly school of business is a is a is always in the top 10 business schools in the u.s and that was the school that i ended up in in indiana and everyone said oh you'll never get in it's really hard you'll never get in and all along i just sort of went with this sort of lackadaisical well if i get in whatever i'm an accountant whatever you know and uh, i got in got through it and actually got a job graduated and off i went to chicago and, and I've, uh, pigeon, I've pigeonholed a few uh, na races and nations so far, so I might as well pigeonhole another profession. Okay. Uh, you would have been probably kind of a hot score for some accountancy firm, yeah? Right. I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely misunderstood. Yeah. So either my clients loved me because I'd show up and they'd be thinking, wait, when's the, you know, the smart, serious person coming? Because this girl's like the the comedic accountant yeah but uh, i had fun with it for a little bit i quickly realized that it wasn't for me yeah i did it for like 10 years which is crazy and in the time of course you know married the wrong man but tell the story if you don't mind again about what happened to you in college that day before your exam final exam oh right 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 so here's here's where we get to the serious part of the interview so i with my parents being for a foreign descent they were on uh, not knowing that chickenpox, which now we hear all the time about how important it is to expose your kids to them and blah, 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 and you should get them when you're young. So I never had chickenpox when I was young. And uh, going into finals week, the week before, I was having this really crazy earache and couldn't quite figure it out. I had a little twitch in my eye. It was really bizarre. 
And uh, my boyfriend at the time said, you know, you should go get it looked at. You should get it looked at. And I said, oh, that's just weird. And so I broke down. I went to the, the health center, which we finally called the death center. <laughs> and um, they looked at my ear and said, oh, you just have water in your ear. And I had been swimming. We had, our, we had a pool at our apartment building. And it was open because the weather had been nice. And so I just wrote it off. Well, then now, fast forward a week, and I'm waking up the morning of my first final, and I notoriously had all eight classes because I like to go out pretty much every night, and I uh, needed the sleep in the morning. So, I get out of the shower, I'm stood in the mirror, getting ready to go for my first final, and I'm putting lip balm on, and I watch in the mirror as just the craziest thing ever, half of my face just goes from, from literally forehead to chin, boom, paralyzed, just boom, immediately. And I'm stood in the mirror thinking, wait, what just happened to me? What just happened to me? And uh, no cell phones then, no way to reach out to my roommates. I didn't have a car. I'm flipping out. So, of course, my poor British mother gets the phone call from me saying, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. I don't feel right. I don't feel right. You know, blah, blah, blah. She said, hang up the phone and uh, look up an ear, nose, an ENT, she said. And I said, what's an ENT? And she said, an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And I said, okay. So off I go. Had to call a taxi, get to the doctor, and this very, very, very old man looks at me and says, oh, you're going to get really sick. He looked in my ear. He said, oh, you need to call your parents immediately. They need to come get you. And I said, well, what? What? It's going to come back, right? What's wrong with me? And he said, you have shingles in your inner ear. I said, shingles? What are shingles? He said, um, chicken pox, essentially. Mm. So he said he'd seen in his life like three cases of this. So I felt really lucky, you know, like I'd won the, the lottery. And um, so, yeah, off I went. I called my father. He came, he drove down to, to pick me up. My dad, he, he just looked at me and didn't even know what to do, you know, because I look like I've had a full-blown stroke. And yeah, so it was crazy. I missed all my exams and uh, was deathly sick for three months. This is actually a, a bigger... I think deal looking back and certainly for people like me who've only maybe met you in the last year which is I can imagine how excuse the well excuse the sexism perhaps but how hot you probably were back then and for that to suddenly happen to, to someone at that age where you know like it or not our looks do oh, you know yeah. do, do have an impact yeah I mean it was horrible and, it, and basically to be clear this did not go away this was basically boom one day and that's it for the rest of your life yes I mean, you, correct you don't, it's not very noticeable but you because you've, you've, people have helped to get it well and and just with the repetition of you know just speech and the muscles that do move by process of the other side of my face moving yeah. it sort of brought it along at first it was horrible but yeah. it was horrible I had a a boyfriend that was in graduate school at the time and uh, I wouldn't even let him see me. I got out of Dodge. My roommates, two of my roommates didn't even see me. My dad came, swooped me up. I left. I missed my tests. And I basically spent three months in my parents' home and would not let anyone see me because I was just so like, you got to be kidding me. Why did this happen to me? This is never coming back. Because it, what it did, it was like permanent nerve damage. And what made it and compounded it was that... The other nerve that it affected was my, you know, my my sense of balance, my equilibrium. So it was like having vertigo for three months. So I couldn't eat. It's just so innocuous. It's so innocuous a symptom to have such a drastic outcome. Right. It's crazy. And yeah. now, luckily, for so that no one else has to go through it, there is uh, a vaccination that okay. they give now for shingles and chicken pox and such. So, you, so it wouldn't happen now. But then it was too late. You know, they tried steroids. Steroids. I literally had to go 
to um, this hospital in Indianapolis, and I tried, um, they had me trying shock therapy. So you can imagine Fuck. how fun that was. Yeah. They'd take a machine um, and shock the seven uh, points where the nerve endings meet in your face, mm. you know, and uh, try and, like, basically, like, jump starting your heart, I guess, or your car, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was hard to get excited about. <laughs> uh, and then my parents, you know, they had me see a doctor in Europe, and I saw a doctor in Canada, and <clears> you start talking to these doctors, and they say, oh, you're a very beautiful person, and, you know, my doctor in South Bend was funny, because he said, thank God you have a good personality, because <laughs> otherwise you'd be screwed. And but I know you're conscious of it, but I, oh, I, I'm I don't, super but I don't of think it. it's that noticeable. Yeah, you know? Well, because you know me, and it's just part of my quirkiness. And, uh, <laughs> but I mean, for those because this is a, this is not a case of Mary having a voice for radio or a face for radio she has a very she's very pretty and she's she's uh, she's not Quasimodo or anything like that I mean she's it's, it is it is noticeable that maybe something is there but very right. tiny well and it's just you know when I see a picture I hate I literally I hate photos what do you think given to? the photo Facebooky bullshitty life we live today how do you think it would have been different or is different for if it happened to somebody today, given our social media bullshit? Well, people are stupid, right? Yeah. You know, like I still have people that will say, what happened to your eye or why, you know, what's up with your face? You know, and you just want to punch them in the face. Like, why the <laughs> fuck would you, why would you ask someone that? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's one thing if it's your lover or your child or your parent or yeah. your relative, but yeah. some random stranger asking, you know, I need to. I really, I'm always trying to come up with a better story of something, you know, crazy. Well, a like, good answer is, well, what happened to yours? <laughs> Actually, that is good. Just take the attention yeah. on me and, and put it on, on them. Do you think, like, looking back now, that was a lie in the sand in your life. You, oh. you know, you're... Your, your your outward expression of physicality completely changes overnight. Do you, do you think that that, in hindsight, made you different in terms of how you approached work, career? Oh, everything. Mm. Everything. And it's funny, you know, as a result, I married the wrong man, you know. <laughs> Why was that? It's, well, because he, so I'd met this Joe Spallan uh, at, at college, and initially I thought he was Italian, so I liked him because I thought Spillane was like an Italian, you know, hottie <laughs> name. And so I get wrapped up with him, and uh, we became friends, and then he got kicked out of college for his Irish temper and fighting, yeah. and, and off he went, but we stayed in touch. But he had known me, uh, you know, prior to that. Mm. So he knew what I had been. And he was okay with now what I was. It was mm -hmm. weird. And um, so I had this sort of false, you know, okay, well, I guess this is it. I'm not going to be able to meet anybody else. And I really, truly thought that. I thought mm. that I'll never meet anybody else that'll, that'll get me. And so we got together. I moved to Texas. We got married. I knew right before we got married it was going to be a train wreck. <laughs> the honeymoon was a train wreck in Spain. And I've um, met an awful lot of American women uh -oh. who have done exactly that. Who said to me, I knew the day before I got married oh, yeah. it was going to be a train wreck. I'm like, I know. What the fuck did you get I know, married? Isn't but it? I also find a lot of them have... 
at the back of their head, the agenda, well, not only, you know, your point that this guy seems to like you, which right. I think was also quite And he still misguided. does. Now, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, you have, uh, well, at least I got a baby out of him or something. Right. You know, I mean, oh, I, I, I get the I was, kids out of the I way. was so stupidly. I knew for sure. And then um, got married, go on the honeymoon. I mean, it was a disaster. And come back, and uh, we decided that, you know, it would be prudent to uh, get an annulment. You know, we were both Catholic, and we talked about it, and he didn't understand what's wrong. I don't even got it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we get pregnant with now, you know, my 23-year-old. Um, Super Bowl Sunday, man, must have been a boring game. I'm not <laughs> sure. One too many beverages. You know, we weren't even having sex, so it was funny. You know, one incident and, you know, Miss Fertile here, uh, boom, I'm pregnant. And I thought, oh, God. And I was stupid, like you said. Well, I thought we can track it back to a Super Bowl. It's yeah. Like, obviously, it was a yeah. shit game. Right, a shitty game. And it was funny because For my, you to be able to take your man away and get him sort of yeah. into the mood isn't during the fun- Super Bowl. Right, isn't that funny? Yeah, very persuasive. Um, but, yeah. And uh, so it definitely altered everything about my life, you mm. know. Um, so then you went to high finance. <laughs> <laughs> I was already in high finance. Right. So I was in high finance. I Where were you? That. Deloitte. Delo- well, that's where I ended up, at Deloitte right. in Chicago. And uh, luckily I had a real Napoleonic jackass for a boss. And he thought that it wasn't the best job for a single mom. And he had said some really stupid things, which I actually kept the recordings of because they were in my voicemail. So I now decide that I need to make a change. You know, I wasn't happy. I'm trying to be a single mom. I'm trying to have this huge job. I worked next to this neurotic partner, and she scared me. And I didn't didn't want... She just was one of those career-driven, driven, you know, couldn't fit into her St. James suit. You know, her expensive suits are too tight. She's binge eating at the vending machine. She has an au pair. (laughs) She's sleeping at the gym. I mean, sleeping in her office, showering at the gym. I was... It freaked me out, and I thought, I don't, this is not what I ever wanted to be. Mm. I, you know, I only did she have kids? Or? She had four, and oh she had God. no pair. She had a shitty relationship with our eyes. I mean, it was just a shit show. <laughs> and so I was taking clients to a wine bar in Chicago, met the owners. They were disgruntled. One of them had gone to my college, also graduated from the business school that I'd been in, and they inspired me, you know, just take take life and do something different. And their concept of this little wine bar was just so groovy at the time. And I thought, I'm going back to my hometown. I'd worked at Notre Dame, which is in the university of my hometown growing up. And it's a horrible place to end up for college, but kids from all over the world end up there. And I thought, wow, if I take this concept back to South Bend, open this wine bar, it'll be madly successful. It'll be flexible. I can be a better mom. I'll be around my support system. And... It was all really quick. I got the idea in February. I told my parents in May, and it was open in November. And it was just... And you were chucking a big-ticket job. Yeah, I chucked a big-ticket job, but luckily, because of my boss, I ended up getting three months of severance out right. of Deloitte. So there was, like, sexist remarks. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the so, bank just went, oops, yep. gave you loads and, of money And they didn't even argue with me. You know, it was, <laughs> I should have asked for more in hindsight, but, I, it, but it, it, it funded me. Um, the time to you know to renovate. I ended up moving into the oldest building in the town. It was a it was an absolute relic. My dad went to look at it with me, and he's just shaking his head. You know, this is the stupidest idea. Yeah, you're going to open a tavern, and I'm like, no, it's not amazing a tavern. When, it's amazing, and this is a theme running through a lot of these talks I have with people that it's amazing the parental reaction to people who are really just going. You know what? We only get one spin around. I'm not happy in doing what I'm right. doing. 
and I'm blowing it off. Right. And the amount of people in the, in the immediate support group who go, you're mad for doing that. Put up with what, what you've got because it's good and it's... And I, I can't get over it. The, the, the sheer... I mean, I didn't get huge support from my folks about what Isn't I... Isn't it funny? See. Yeah. And it's just... What, it's, like, what, 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 what is the whole goal? Just sit there taking shit from the man and, well, and, and, that's, and then what get retiring and, and yeah I mean it's funny because my parents of all people my dad was you know he left he joined the service he came back he ended up being a machinist and he of all people took a huge risk to open his own machine shop yeah. and my brothers they all ended up in the biz and I was the only one in my family to technically go to college mm. I mean my mom had done our art school stint but I was the first one, so and my parents took a lot of risks. I mean, clearly. But I think there's an interesting point you're making there because they don't think they were risks at right. the time in the same way that we don't think what Correct. we were doing. Just, a, they were moving away from something that was hellish to them into something that was hopefully going to be more. Right. In hindsight, it looks like a risk, but at the time it was, no, 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 I'm doing this for yeah. you, you know? And it's funny. It's funny when you say it like that because my mom would always... It drove me insane about her. God rest her soul. But it used to piss me off because any time there was a bump in my road relative to something at the restaurant, and of course I ended up growing the restaurant into multiple restaurants, which is so stupid. How many restaurants? Total overachiever. I ended up with four, and then a wine store that had partners in, and it was was it was stupid. The Vine. Ah, you yeah, really re- broke the back yeah, of really, Yeah, total. <laughs> yeah, The Vine. It just keep it simple, right? And um, But my mom used to get on me all the time about, do you wish she wouldn't have done it? You know, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. it drove me insane. I'm like, no, I'm just having a fucking bad day. You know, I'm just having a bad day, you know? And yeah. she'd say, well, you have to say fuck all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be able to say fuck and mean it. You got to be able to scare. I have all these degenerates that work for me. It's a restaurant <laughs> business. And then her other good one was, do you drug test? And I'm like, if I did, I wouldn't have any employees. No. There's do no you drug, drug test? Yeah. <laughs> There's no drug testing. There'd be no one here every day. So, um, yeah, it was funny. But they were the ones that instilled this, you know, this free yeah. go for it and then my dad ended up you know he he thought it was so stupid but then he was so unbelievably proud of me because I paid it off in less than two years it was wildly successful he'd come in and look around and well yes I was wrong about this and That's he good. always encouraged me he'd say you know you have to take risks in life yeah. we all if you want to get anywhere you got to take risks yeah, yeah. and so that was huge that was great advice you know and and he'd also say when I'd be pissed about something going awry he'd say you know not everything you touch turns to gold mm. you know you have to be able to get through the ups and the downs and you're going to lose money and you're going to make money and you're going to lose more money and um, so what age were you when you chucked Deloitte? Uh, 32. Okay. I was 32 when I opened my restaurant. <clears throat> so it's been 19 years. I'm actually in the process. I actually, I'm a really horrible absentee owner, actually. Um, I am in the process of my last restaurant that's still open. Uh, I'm, I'm helping my niece acquire it. and I'm You spread too it. thin and that caused problems in the restaurant. Well, too. I ended up getting, yeah, I had three restaurants, no partners, three different counties, a teenager on my own who was on his way to, you know, sort of getting, you know, going a little out of bounds and I'm trying to keep him on task because he was probably too smart for his own good and he was definitely an old soul and people would look at me thinking it's really weird how I'm raising him you know in a restaurant so he's very overexposed and the teachers used to laugh because they were a little concerned I guess and 
Well, I mean, I think what's interesting is as well, I mean, talking about my unique position as a childless, never father figure to anybody, really, is that I can give some perspective to what I see in my friends. Oh, yeah. And and I think, you know, Matt is your son, and I think he's a a testament to you and how you brought him up, and he's he's 23 now, and he's a a solid, funny, smart kid. Yeah. I think one of the things, when when friends of mine that I see who treat their children like friends or give them the rope uh, to 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 live as a sort of a semi young adult rather right. than being molly coddling, as a kid. Yes. they end up uh, and a lot of them are only children or they're they're you know they're as you said I think yesterday they're around adults a lot mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. your wine business right. or whatever so they pick up like sponges they pick up a lot of that but really today the kids are so you know molly coddled and well the helicopter the idea of street smarts is just a thing that's disappearing like people just not knowing kids not knowing what to do you know we talk about how how the connectivity of the internet and facebook and all that but there it it, it, at the end of the day is a lot of children in a room staring at a glowing screen right and and not being out right right yeah yeah interesting perspective the the funniest thing that happened this is i'll tell this quick but one of the things and i knew at this point wow this kid's different my general manager calls me from the restaurant and he said, hey, I think that Mario Andretti is in our dining room. Why would Mario Andretti, the race car driver, be in, in our dining room? I said, I have no idea. I said, I'm picking Matthew up from school. I'll swing in. We'll get Matt to go ask this guy. You know, we still love putting Matt up to these, this whole conversation Age. thing. Second grade. So, you know, 12, eight, no, eight, eight. like eight years old. <laughs> so, so here we come. We come in and I'm, you know, my workout clothes. So I'm not going out in the dining room to say anything to Mario Andretti. So I say to Matthew, Hey, we think that's Mario Andretti. And Matthew looks at Jamie, my manager, and he said, the famous race car driver? (laughs) And Jamie said, yeah, why don't you walk over there and ask him? And Matt's in this little Catholic school uniform. I'll never forget this. I'm hiding in the office behind the wall, kind of peering out. And Matt walks over and he says, excuse me, sir, but are you the famous race car driver, Mario Andretti? He looks at Matthew and he says, why, son? Yes, I am. How do you how do you know who I am? He said, "Well, you're very famous, sir." And they start chatting, and all of a sudden, I hear Matthew say to him, "Is it also true that you make fine wine in the Napa Valley?" Right? And I'm like in the office. I look at my GM and I go, "What the fuck? What is he talking about? Where is he getting this shit?" Because I don't know that Mario Andretti is a winemaker. And all of a sudden, Mario lets out this, oh, my God, son, it is. Now, I just need to ask you, how do you know that? And uh, Matt looks at him and kind of is, I think, it, it kind of freaked him out. And he looks at him and he said, well, sir, I read it in the Wine Spectator. <laughs> and I almost died at that point. Well, he's and eight. He's eight. And Mario said, the Wine Spectator, son. You read the Wine Spectator? He said, well, I come here every day after school when my mom's working. And she only has two magazines, Wine Spectator and Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> and this guy, I mean, Mario then goes, he said, are you the owner of this place? And Matt says, no, you know, my mom owns it. And uh, so he said, go get your mother. And so he comes in the office to get me. And I'm like so embarrassed and all sweaty. I go out and Mario looks at me and he says, this kid, he's going to make one hell of a salesman one day. And uh, it was pretty funny. And uh, a week later, my, my wine rep calls and he said, 
is there a reason you'd have a case of wine from Andretti Vineyards down here on the dock? And he said, a really nice case of wine and a note. Um, and he gave Matthew this gold racing coin that Matt actually still has. And it's funny because now Matt, you know, just moved to New York City and he's in sales. So wow. hopefully Mario was right. And good, I, won't good time have to, to, I won't have to work. Good time to segue into how you got into wine. So the, there was a, the restaurant was starting to get in on, and something happened, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of over it too. I was, it was, I just sort of hit my saturation point and I thought I want to do a little bit more. I was really then intrigued and very interested in the wine part of it. And um, I actually had another, believe it or not, I had another health scare and um, I was having these crazy chest pains and didn't think anything of it. I've been diagnosed with lupus, but lupus is kind of a weird, uh, weird little deal. And there's technically sometimes no symptoms whatsoever. And um, I was just having crazy chest pains. So I ended up being hospitalized because I woke up. I was in Chicago with Matt, actually, and a friend, and woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't breathe and went to the emergency room, presented like I was having a heart attack and actually nearly died, which was so crazy. Um, but the next day... Did you see a bright light? No bright lights, just something scratchy that looked like foil. <laughs> I was definitely doomed. Thank God they brought me out. Um, but the cardiologist the next day, he comes in to sort of get the, the interview of how is this happening to this girl. Yeah. Because at, the, at that time, I was super fit. I was running every day. And literally that morning that it happened to me, I'd gone out and run five miles. And I'm telling the cardiologist, and he's just looking at me as if I'm the stupidest person he's ever met. He said, so... You're out running and you're having chest pains. Um, are you sweating profusely? Aren't you sweating profusely? And I said, well, yeah, of course I am. I said, but I thought that was a sign of fitness. The more you sweat, the more fit you are. And he's just looking at me. And then I tell him I own, two, I own these three restaurants. I don't have any partners. I have a teenager. And he's just shaking his head. So he basically said, okay, carry on the way you are and you're definitely going to die. Uh, or take a month off, get your heart better, because what had been happening is the lupus was attacking my heart, so I had this crazy infection of the sac around my heart. So my heart couldn't beat, so that's yeah. why I almost died. And so I lay, I'm laying in the hospital, and I thought, where should I go? Oh, I'll go to wine country, because I'd been out there to buy wines, and that was it. I, I decided that day, and Matt was 16, and um, I said to him, hey, I, I need to take a break. Do you want to come to California with me? I'm going to take a month. And Matthew said, hell yeah, let's, let's road trip. Let's be minimalist for one year of our life, and let's stay. I think this will be great. You know, I'm going to do my senior year of high school here. I'm going to play football, hang out. It's good for you. You know, you'll take a break. You'll get a little wine job at a winery. <laughs> and it was really kind of funny. And I, I literally let my 16 or 17-year-old talk me into becoming a minimalist. So I said, all right, that, that's what we were going to do. And it, and it was a life changing event, which was, it was super cool. I think for my son to learn that, uh, change is so good for you. Like yeah. so many people are scared of change. Yeah. Like here's this radical, we're going to move to Healdsburg, California, where I knew one winemaker who yeah. uh, subsequently was hiring. It was very bizarre. I ended up getting a job with. And like fast forward to today, you're, you're not, you've you're know, working with wine vineyards. You're selling wine. You're right. doing some skiing up in Vale. You know, you're you're living a life now that is. And your son's grown up, and he's left Vale, and he's or he's left Yale, and he's got his own uh, job now in New yeah. York. So now you're kind of looking back from that uh, from this position backwards, and just having recounted what happened in your life. What do you? What would you say to your 
17-year-old self uh, or, or somebody, you know, similar in, yeah. in South Bend, I, Indiana. Right. I think you gotta, you just got to go with your gut. Taking chances, traveling. I think it, any I, traveling to me is the most important thing. I think just to see how the world lives, you appreciate what you have. Um, I had a chance to go to Hungary when I was young, and I saw the way they lived, but yet how hospitable they were to us when we visited. And it, it changed the way I thought about things. I think, unfortunately, so many people take for granted what we have, and you know. So I think that's huge to travel, and and also as a as a female, I think. Feeling empowered is good. I always felt lucky because I was intelligent. I felt happy that I was. Uh, happy that I was able to get a really good degree and have a career, yeah. even though being a career gal really wasn't my bag. Mm. Um, being a business owner was, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super lucky. Super mm. lucky. And uh, I don't know how I got through the whole traumatic uh, paralysis series of my life, but mm. um, I did, so... Mary Svillane, thank you very much for joining us on A Point Which Point B. I, I lock up your sons uh, because she's ready to sort of unleash herself <laughs> on the world now that her kid is growing Sailing up. around the world. That's, I heard, that's yeah, what, that's one of the that's next things I, that's, that's on my thing. And I, it's cliche, but I've, I've started writing a book. I started writing a book years ago. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's my thing. Sail around the world and, and uh, write a quirky little funny book about life. Mary Spillan, thank you very much for coming on A Pint with Shawnee B. Uh, we'll uh, keep an eye on you and any little explosions that happen around the world will probably mean that you're not that far away. Thank right. you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.